0: Hey everybody, welcome to Conversations. I'm John Bevere, and I'm joined by my beautiful bride of 40 years. 40, 40. Lisa. Yeah, it's true. So good to see you, babe. Good to see you. Anyway, we're we're doing something fun here. We we're are. We're talking about 40 years, what we enjoy. But first of all, before I get into that, let's yeah. talk about, let's get, let's get our administrative stuff out of the way because it's important. Conversations <laughs> is part of rewind. a family, of podcasts, true. and our newest one that we told everybody that we were working on is called At Home with the Beveers. It's so much fun. We do it around at the table with you know Addison, Addison. and Julie. But and we're going to have other guests. Other guests, yep. right. Other boys. And then we also have the Sons and Daughters podcast. Let's talk about it. Now, yep. for all of our friends out there, we just really want to encourage you, please review, rate, and subscribe to the show. Why are reviews important? Well, first of all, let's talk about subscribing and rating. That's going to get the message to somebody else. Uh, We've had close to, I think it's a little over 8 million downloads. We want to see that continue to go on. We want to see people's marriage, their family. We want to see their walk with God strengthen. And so please rate the show. The other thing is if you review the show, you might get your review read on the air, which we're going to do right yeah. Now, from Travis McKenney Is that correct?
1: I McKamey, I would think.
0: McKamey. I said it wrong. Yeah, no, You're right. I,
1: it sounds it's McKamey. kind of Scottish.
0: So, before I read Travis's... Uh, Review. I need to put my glasses on here. My name is Travis McCamey, and I am the lead pastor at a Unity Church in Magnolia, Arkansas, and partner with Messenger International.
1: Thanks, Travis.
0: Thank you, Travis. John and Lisa's courses and conversations have not only changed my life, but also the lives of those around us. My kids love using Messenger X for their own personal devotions, and my church is used to me saying, I heard John and Lisa say, thank you, John and Lisa, for making deposits in the lives of the ones I love. Wow. Don't you love that? In the lives of the... There's a true pastor. He loves, loves, loves his sheep. I love that. Travis, we're so proud of you and we're so honored to partner with you. And we're so proud of what you do to serve your community. So um, today we're going to continue our discussion, 44 decades of marriage. Yep, I would marry you again in a heartbeat if I could. And we have talked about The four things we've learned in the last four decades in a previous show. Then we talked about four things we enjoy more now in a previous show. Then we talked about four things we're glad we did in a previous show. This program, we're going to talk about the four things we wish we would have known. Yes. Okay. Yes. Number one, be careful who you allow to speak into your marriage. This is important.
1: And this has kind of got some layers to it. Like I know when we are first married, I made the mistake of going to people that were friends or peers to seek marriage advice or complain about my husband. And these were people that did not know how to give me good advice.
0: Well, they loved you, but they didn't know me. Is, or, is,
1: or they loved me and they didn't like you. One yeah, of the that, two. That, that's yeah. True they too. might know you we but didn't those. like you. And you had people that loved you and didn't like me. Yeah, And so, I would go to them. Yep. And so they and would you're
0: always gonna get the worst counsel when you go to people like that. Yes. The, what we learned is the most but, ab-
1: but wait a minute. What, and, okay. and no, I want to even go a little further with that. Yep. We did have some friends that we went to that loved John and loved me but we were putting them in an incredibly awkward, uncomfortable position because they were young and they weren't mature. And maybe they were even struggling with some stuff themselves. And what we found is when we brought our problems to them, then we had resolution, but they never saw us the same. Do you remember what I'm talking oh, about? Oh yeah, I remember. So they we never were, all, saw all of a sudden us. weren't
0: friends anymore.
1: Right. And so that was also not a good choice. Even though they loved both of us, they were uncomfortable with both of us after that. So we started to learn and pray that God would give us people that could speak into our marriage that were wise, that were older, and and loved both of us. Further
0: down the road than we were. And it's amazing, uh, now that we've been married 40 years, if, if a young couple comes and they're going through a marriage problem, we, when we've had it happen, Lisa. We don't see them any different. We we still love them. We realize this we is life. We remember
1: possibly we, the same. Stage. We have compassion. Yes. We
0: did the same yes. stupid things yes. that a lot of young couples do. Hey, I I I don't. I I just remember when we were first married. There was a couple that was like the model couple. Like they they never fought, and they said they never fought, yes. and they were always so complimentary of each other and almost a little giddy around each other. And we, we felt like eat failures. with
1: them. I remember them at people's, we eat hamburgers. I
0: know them. we would feel like yes. utter failures. Right. And then all of a sudden, three years later, they're divorced. And I remember trying to talk to them and they didn't even want to talk. The guy barely wanted to talk to me. And what we found out is they just bottled it all up. And one day it all exploded. And you know, I just believe that if they would have had an older couple, they could have gone to and said, "Hey, we've got these situations going on. We need help right now." I think they would have been in a different place because there were seasons, Lisa, that you and I didn't think there was any hope.
1: Well, and and I would I, going back again. I don't know that when we were first married that we we did not go to a church that had healthy outlooks on marriage or marriage conflicts or. Uh, telling us how to navigate marriage conflicts. And so we didn't have anybody to talk to. So we were talking to the wrong people about the right things. We needed to have conversations, but the wrong people about the right things. And then we pretended like everything was perfect in front of other people because we were in a church setting. So we just like acted like magically when we hit the church parking lot, we stopped fighting. We were like, praise the Lord. And then when we left, it all started again. And we felt very hopeless. We felt very isolated. Mm -hmm. We felt very ill-equipped. We either felt ashamed because we thought nobody else is wrestling with these things. And then there were some people that we really looked up to that got divorced And I remember that was so confusing to us because we'd heard these people say their testimony was that God brought these people together and they'd be up on the platform. We were like, God put them together. And that couple got divorced. Then a couple of years later, another couple got divorced. And we're like, wait a minute. If they're not going to make it, how are we going to make it? We are struggling. And I do remember feeling very, very hopeless. So what would you say, John, to somebody that's listening to us and say, that's where I am right now?
0: I would say this, that the thing that really set me free is that when I made a covenant at that at that altar, I made that covenant with God that I would take care of you, irregardless of how you treated me. Now, I am not say saying... Regardless of how you treated me. Uh, no, I just I am to not saying it. for somebody to stay in a, an abusive yeah. situation. There's yeah. physical abuse. And it's so
1: tragic that we even have to say those things, that those kind of things would even happen yeah. in a marriage sit- setting.
0: Uh, children's lives are at risk. Yeah. No, just you need to get healthy boundaries. Yeah. What I'm talking about is when you just, you don't get along. It seems like everything creates tension. It seems like little things are big things. And it just seems like you don't get along at all. The spark is gone. It's not there. You got to go back to the fact that you made a covenant with God to take care of this person. And usually when you're there and there's no spark and all that, it's because you've been selfish. Mm. Selfishness will put the fire out in romance faster than anything else. I believe that with all my heart after now 40 years of being married. Anytime we went through seasons that are bad, I can always point out to my own personal selfishness. And that is what I I believe... Quench the hope, quench the fire. Now Jesus was our ultimate hope. We both knew that. We said, "Hey, we're going to honor God, and even if we have to live together and not like each other, we're going to live together." But God healed our marriage but and it's made it much better. Better not to live a lie. I mean, that's better. like it's better. Yeah, so you
1: want to fight? You don't want to live a lie and yeah. li- like just survive. And right. and one of the things I found to be incredibly profound was. Um, we did a marriage conference a long time ago in in, in uh, London, and when I was researching, I discovered that when they did these interviews with couples that said they were in a bad marriage,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then they reconnected with that same couple five years later, if they were still married, they actually said, oh, we're in a good marriage now. So you can we actually...
0: We, we barely remember what it was like to yeah. struggle. So
1: you can go through a really hard season... But that doesn't mean that's your forever story. Okay, so going back to the point on selfishness, I find that selfishness says, what about me? What about mine? My spouse isn't meeting my needs. My spouse doesn't treat me the way I think I should be treated. If these are the things that you're saying all the time, you're going to feel completely hopeless because you are not in control of your spouse's actions. You are only in control of your response. I want to say this to you. You are responsible for your own happiness. I don't mean that mean, but you don't want to give that much power to somebody else and say, if you don't treat me the way that I am valued by God, then I'm not going to feel good about myself. You've got to get your value and your life from God, and then you'll have something to give. And I know for me, John, there was this moment where I heard the Holy Spirit say, tell me I'm enough for you. Tell me I'm enough. And when you come Mm -hmm. into this place of worship, God goes from enough to more than uh, enough for you. And when God is more than enough for you, you're no longer complaining about people who aren't doing enough for you. You actually have an overflow for other people and you begin to see yeah. people differently. And so I just wanna to speak to couples right now where you're thinking, well, my wife isn't doing this or my husband isn't doing this. You can't. You can't live off of that. You've gotta say, what are you doing? What are you doing to get healthier? What are you doing to get in the word more? What are you doing to be more loving? What are you doing to build up your spouse? And you know, John and I we've already talked about this earlier is I used my words to point out my husband's weaknesses rather than to build his strengths. And we've learned a healthy marriage is two people committed to bringing out the best in one another. So when we're going to other people for advice, you don't wanna to talk to people who, number one, aren't committed to bring out the best in you right. and your spouse, and number two, aren't where you want to go. I specifically remember, John, calling, uh, calling a person at a time when there was a really rough season in our marriage, and I'm listening to her, her and she's saying a bunch of stuff to me, and I can hear in one ear, then I hear the Holy Spirit whispering in the other ear, do not take her advice unless you want to be where she is. And you cannot map a destination out for somebody you've never been to. You can share regrets, Mm. but you can't say this is how you build. And so I would challenge you, number one, find a couple that's older, a, a little bit ahead that you like their marriage. And invite them up for dinner or spend some time with them. Or if you say, I can't find anybody, get on the Messenger X app, watch Story of Marriage, read the Story of Marriage book, watch At Home with the Bevere's. You're going to get different pointers, and then you're going to feel like you're not at the whims of another person, but that you have some tools to go for. So forward.
0: good, Lisa. Number two, four things uh, of the four things we wish we would have known is the power of words. Yeah. So scripture says death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love its fruit will eat it. And it's amazing to me how we as Christians don't understand that our words literally shape our future, Mm -hmm. shape our relationships, Mm -hmm. shape our life. Mm -hmm. So you are going to enjoy the fruit of death if you speak death over your marriage, over your relationships. You're going to enjoy the fruit of life if you speak life, So God didn't look out in the universe and go, my goodness, how dark it is out there. He looked out in the dark black universe and said, light be. Jesus looks at a storm that's about to kill him and says, peace, be still. We have to realize that you don't speak what appears, you speak what you want to see come. Now, what you want to see come should be in line with the Word of God.
1: Yeah, we're and not if talking speak, about manifesting. Right, we, if yeah. you
0: speak in line with the Word of God, yeah. you're going to release that into your life and into your marriage.
1: But having said that, John, there is New Age principles like manifesting that are a derivative of what we Christians should be doing. God says, so shall his word be that goes forth out of his mouth. He says it will not return to him void. Well, it isn't that it's just bouncing back. It's that we echo the yes and amen when God declares thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That is an agreement between heaven and earth when Jesus said like, this is how you need to pray. And so we have a participation. And I feel like Christians don't understand the power of their words. Yeah. You know that Correct. now faith speaks. Now I'm gonna get like we need to out loud speak the promises of God and you know, you and know pray. what.
0: Do you know what they proved? And this is amazing to me. Here James says that your tongue is a rudder that steers the whole ship, the yeah. whole body, right? Yeah. Thereby by he's saying the way you speak is the way your life is going to go. They found out in the last 30 years. That where our tongue, that our speech, part of our brain, is where our central nervous system is. Wow! So think about that. It goes whatever you you know. I I you know I've joked with you for years now, and I've said don't ever use the word John and old in the same sentence. And there's a reason for that. Is I don't want my central nervous system releasing a message to the cells in my body. You're old, start decaying. I want my cells to be tricked. And I want them to do what the Scripture says, which says that He would renew my physical body. He would. Can I
1: start saying would, John likes bacon?
0: N- n- don't go there. So anyway, that was the last episode. <clears throat> um, the Bible says that if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, the Spirit of God who raised Him from the dead, miraculously yeah. greatest miracle mankind has known, right, dwells in you. He will. Quicken or make alive your mortal physical body. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to say the right things over my life. I'm not going to say oh, I feel tired. I'm never going to say that. Never going to say that. If I'm going to, say, if, if 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 I've had a busy day and this, I'm going to say, you know what? I need to go to bed. I need a rest. I'm just going to be careful what I say. You know that, that, that if I if, if
1: I'm saying this makes me sick, do you really want to speak that to your body? Or would you rather? Even even more so. I mean, I I love what you're saying, but John, I think even more powerful, and what I'm talking about the power of words is the power of words that we speak into our marriage. Oh, yeah. And over each other. Like, we don't want to say words that are wounding to our spouse. Right. And and we don't want to say words that are hard for them to ever recover from. The point
0: being made, if this happens with your own physical body, what's going to happen with? The of of a union mm. because the Bible says that if I'm fighting with you and it, I'm going to bite and devour you and I'm going to bite and devour me, mm-hmm. it says you know don't speak against each other lest you bite and devour one another. Well,
1: and it says no man hateth his own body but nurses and prays. And it says you're one with your wife.
0: You're one with your wife. Right.
1: So it's and I love and again its message paraphrase. It says how Jesus talks about the church. It says he washes the church, his bride with the water of the word and Correct. evokes her beauty. Yes. He doesn't wash her with the words of culture and evoke her shame. He wash he speaks the best over her to draw the best out of her. So, I think we we need to do that with each other and in a marriage. I know you've done that for me for a really long time. Okay, we actually kind of talked about the last one.
0: Yeah. At a the beginning. bad season doesn't mean the end of a marriage. Yeah. So just remember that if you're in a really horrific situation, just realize that God is the God of hope. Prayers are answered, and He is a God who keeps His promises, keeps speaking the promises. You'll come out of that season.
1: Yeah. And I love that it says the older women are to teach and train the younger women. So many women out there, John, they were like me. They know what they don't want to do. They just don't know how to build what they are hoping in their marriage. And so I just want to give you permission to reach out to an older woman who's gone ahead. And if this is a young man saying, wait, wait, that goes for us to reach out to an older man, not not John. John's not an old man. An older man that you is ahead of you on the path where you can get information from them.
0: And finally, the last point is enjoy the seasons together. Yeah. yeah. Hey, when we were in our 20s, that's one season. When we're in our sixties, it's a different season. So yeah. we've learned to enjoy the season of the sixties now. And we're not trying to be in our twenties still. And so in our 70s, I'm sure we'll do the same thing. We did the same in in the mid years when we had the young kids running around the house. This is a season, it seems chaotic right now. What's your
1: favorite thing about this season?
0: This season, getting more time with you alone.
1: Oh, definitely. Okay, I love that.
0: Yeah. I mean, we were so pulled on by the children. And unfortunately, you know, I'm going to say this to you couples that have a lot of young children running around. Make sure that you're intentional on staying close to one another because there's a day coming when those kids are going to get married. They're going to leave home. And I I do want to say this because I feel like I almost need to correct myself. There's nothing wrong with saying I'm tired. What I was referring to is that my life is tired. You know, like constantly going around just saying, I'm just just exhausted. I'm just worn out. I'm just this. And the reason I'm saying this is I'm specifically thinking about I've heard pastors say this. I'm just exhausted. I'm tired. I'm worn out. And and just it's okay, recently— It's
1: okay for them to say it once. It's You're saying to, to locate. You're you know, not saying— I had
0: a 55-year-old pastor tell me he was going to give a 7,000 church over to somebody within five years, or 50-year-old pastor, excuse me. And I said, what are you talking about? And I started ministering to him along these lines. The next year, he had so much spunk, he still hadn't given the church away, and that was like 15 years ago. We had another pastor call us who's got a massive church. I'm just I'm exhausted. He started talking about transition and all this, and I said, "Wait a minute! Whoa, whoa, whoa! Let's pray." You and I prayed with him, and now he's got the spunk back in him. He's he's got a skip well, in his step, and, and, and he is of the guys full of had vision. No
1: recreation, if I remember right. Yeah, one of so the guys that would go with enjoy. But, 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 but,
0: but he just he kept saying it to where he believed it. I'm tired. I've been doing this now for thirty years. Mm-hmm. I birthed this church. And see, no joy
1: he was
0: releasing this into his body. So I wasn't talking about, yeah, I've looked at you before and said, I'm tired, I'm going to bed. That's not what I'm talking about. I am talking about where you just say, I am just, I'm exhausted, I've had it, I've just...
1: Undermining it, the grace of God.
0: Undermining yeah. the grace of God that's on your life. So I want to make sure that point was really, really made clear Thanks. before we, we go off the air. All right, so... We are going to do the close now. See, that's my cue to do the close, okay? How awkward is this, right? All right. So, check out our brand new podcast called At Home with the Beveres. Also, again, I want to remind you please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And the third thing is please, 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 if you haven't done it already, download Messenger X. It is an app, it's an $11 million app. Think about that. You can send it to anybody, no matter what language they speak. There's 210, uh, what is there now? 118. 118 languages, languages 229 on the app. 229 countries. nations yep. have downloaded it. So you can send it to people that don't even speak English that you know. You can share it with your friends, download it. We've got courses on there, books for you. We've got all kinds of things. So until next time, this has been Conversations with John and Lisa. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Conversations with John and Lisa Bevere. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you love to listen. Also, if you haven't already, go right ahead and download Messenger X to hear more content from John and Lisa Bevere and other great messengers. Again, thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on Conversations with
1: John and Lisa.